Amen. We proclaim that this morning that Jesus is our living hope. And how sweet is it that we get to refresh our understanding of communion with our missionaries, to know that we come to the table as a whole body of believers across the world who's all facing this pandemic in a similar way. And I just love that, especially since we're in this series of refresh where we're updating our rhythms of faith so that we can have a thriving faith. And I love that we did that with communion because it just reminds us that we are together, that we are one body. And this morning, I'm excited. My name is Shelly Zulsdorf, if you didn't know. I'm the middle school director. Uh, yeah, I get to hang out with all our incredible middle schoolers with our intern, Harrison, and our high school director, Ben. It is a really fun time, Wednesday nights are. Um, but and I'm excited this morning because as we're talking about refresh, I get to talk about refreshing ourselves and how we react to spiritual dryness. Yes, is that excited? Give me snaps if you're super pumped, spiritual dryness. Well, okay, when I think of this idea of reacting to hard things, reacting to dryness, I think of family, okay? Now, okay, I think of family adventures. Now, um, when you think of your family and you go on an adventure and when something goes horribly wrong, you know your family probably responds in a lot of different ways. Am I right? Like everyone has their own personality, so everyone is responding differently to the hard reaction. And for some reason in my family, I don't know what it is about our adventures, but we love to go on these fun adventures and something always goes wrong or goes crazy or goes off the rails a little bit. And we all have different reactions that we later laugh about, but in the moment it's pretty heated. And one time in Arizona, we were decided we were gonna go hiking to Four Peaks Mountain Range. Uh, we, we lived in Arizona, so we knew the area and we wanted to go hiking there. Well, when you go to this mountain range, it's about a 30 uh, minute drive in no man's land. Like literally there are no road signs, you're on dirt roads and that's just to get to the base. And then you have to hike up it and hike down and I, I was not prepared for what we were getting into, uh, but I survived the hike. And as we were going back, our family saw there's this sign pointing a different direction than we came. And we were like, oh, let's go that way. Let's try it. And I don't remember who suggested, but <laughs> we decided let's go for it. And if you see my parents on here, uh, they're here. Karen Hope is their name. Look at them because they're laughing at this moment. So we decide we're going to go this different direction, not the way we came, a different way. And as we're going, we're, we're going and we're going through all these hills. It gets pretty windy. It gets pretty narrow. And about 30 minutes in, which if we were on the other path, we would have been fine. We would have been okay. We would have been back on the highway. We started to realize we are not seeing any civilization. We are not seeing any highways. We are not seeing anything. And we are starting to panic a little. But we see ahead of us, we see this big hill. And this big hill, we're like, all we got to do is get over that and we will see the highway. That's all we got to do. So we come up, we come up to this hill, we cross over. And basically, this is what we see. This is the best picture I could get of what we see. Nothing, nothing for miles. There's no civilization. There is no highway. And at this point, everyone's reaction started kicking in. Like we had someone that started throwing up. We had someone that started panicking. We had someone that started getting real angry. 
we had someone that was, uh, they, they started controlling everybody and controlling the situation. <laughs> and, uh, and then there was me who just started shutting down and just wanted to cry. Because in this moment, we were so discouraged and our reactions were all pointing to the same things. Our reactions were pointing to, we did not want to be on this adventure anymore. We were done. And when I think of spiritual dryness, this is what, how I think we tend to react. This is that same scenario. We get stuck, we react in our own way, and we don't feel like going on the faith adventure anymore. And as Christians, though, we will have spiritual dryness. That, I think, is a fact. That is a part of our walk with Jesus. That is a part of our life. And in fact, I think it's an ancient rhythm. I think walking through seasons of spiritual passion and excitement and then, spirit, and then seasons of spiritual dryness is a part of our walk with Jesus. It is a part of our rhythm with God, and it's an ancient rhythm. In fact, a, a Spanish priest in the 1500s named Ignatius described these seasons in a way that I just love. And he described these seasons and I found a summary of it that's a little bit more modern. And he called these seasons consolation and desolation. Consolation and desolation. Here's how he described it. Consolation is the season of growth of faith, hope, and love, giving us a greater sense of God's presence in our lives, often making it easier to pray and overcome sin. And then desolation is a season of increased anxiety and a sense of God's absence leading to discouragement and a decreased desire to pray and engage in spiritual exercises. And Ignatius talks about that we walk through this season throughout our life. And here's the thing is in that God's presence is not absent. That this is the difference. God's presence is not absent in either of those seasons. It is our human limitation that we tend to react thinking that God is not there, that we tend to react thinking and sensing maybe God's not with me in this. And when I read scripture, I see seasons of consolation and desolation all over, all over scripture. Like if you're following along in the church's reading plan, like you read Exodus and the Israelites and Moses, man, they were a hot mess. They were all like, yes, we're going to follow God. We see you, you're present. And then they're like, where are you? No. Like, and that is each of us. That, and so if it's all over scripture, then it is a part of our life. And we have to be able to refresh how we're going to react to it. We have to be able to refresh when spiritual dryness comes in, how we are going to prepare ourselves and react to it in a different way. And some of you may have been coming in this season of COVID and you're like, this is my first season of dryness or my 10th season of dryness. Or maybe you're feeling good now, but dryness may be coming. But we want to know how we can prepare for that. And so I want to look at Revelations 2, 3 through 5 to see what this encouragement says here. Let's read this together. It says, I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my namesake and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you have had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. 
So I read this passage and I go, man, to refresh how we approach faith in seasons of dryness, here's what I want us to consider. And the first thing is, what if spiritual dryness is actually a gift? What if spiritual dryness is just as much of a gift as spiritual excitement and spiritual passion? Now, we, I don't feel like we like to say that a lot. I feel like we're like, no, when I can sense God's presence, that's the gift. And yes, but hear me out. Because the biggest indicator of spiritual dryness is when you hear yourself saying the phrase, I don't feel like it. Like, I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel like going to my small group or Bible study or community group, or I don't feel like getting up to spend time with the Lord, or I don't feel like praying, worshiping, serving, tithing, whatever it is, I just don't feel like it. I don't feel excited like I was before. I don't feel excited like I was at that one conference. I don't feel excited like I was in that when we were together in church, in person. I just don't feel like it. And I think sometimes as the church, we can get caught up with our feelings towards God that we can actually abandon our one true first love. And when I look at this passage in Revelations, Jesus is telling this church, man, you are doing so many good things in my name. You're doing so many good things. But what Jesus had against them was that they forgot and abandoned their first love. They abandoned Jesus. They abandoned him. And I think as the church, as followers of Jesus, we are called to love Jesus, not to love our experiences of Jesus. And I think that is so important because we need to prioritize that because we need to prioritize our love of passionate experiences of Jesus over our love for Jesus if we are starting to abandon. So if we're prioritizing that, then we are starting to abandon our first true love. And I think in COVID, sometimes we feel that way. Man, we just want those passionate experiences. We just want to be together. But man, in seasons of dryness, God is saying, no, 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 you need to love me. You need to know me. It is not just about the experiences because we came to faith in Jesus, not in the experiences of Jesus. And that is nothing else. Now, don't get me wrong. The experiences of Jesus are good and sweet and are a gift and a grace because God knows our heart needs that. God knows our heart needs to have those times to know, okay, you're with me. Thank you for that reminder. But I think that it's the refining of the dryness that causes our love to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And that is a gift. It is loving Jesus like a 60-year-old marriage. And I had the honor of seeing in my life my grandparents who were married for over 60 years. And that was one of the most beautiful things as I watched them model what love means. Because after a while, for those that have been married, for those that have just watched marriage in your life, like the excitement can die. The excitement can walk away, but it's choosing the faithfulness of love. It's choosing the obedience of love that causes that deeperness that we need. And there's still moments of excitement that I saw in, in my grandparents' marriage, but it was the faithfulness and the deep that they didn't need the experiences because they just loved each other. And that is what God is calling us to in seasons of dryness is going, I know you love the experiences, but I need you to just love me. Do not abandon me. And I think spiritual dryness gives us the opportunity to move through the non-exciting feelings. I admit it's not fun to go, I just don't feel like it. And two, I may not feel like it. 
today, Jesus, but I love you. I love you and I want to love you alone without any of those experiences. It is you alone in my life. What you have done, your faithfulness, your love, your grace, nothing else. So what if we refreshed our reaction by updating our perspective on what spiritual dryness is to seeing it as a gift from God to choose him as a gift of God, as an opportunity to not abandon our first love, which was Jesus. Nothing else, just him. But what I love in Revelations 2, in this passage, it's not just saying, yep, just don't abandon, work through it, figure it out, get back, but actually gives us really tangible ideas of what this could look like. When you are in spiritual dryness, what life could look like, what you could choose to do. And I fully believe in this passage, it's saying, go back to the basics. When you don't feel like it, when you don't want to engage, just go back to the basics. Keep it simple. And with the story that I shared at the beginning of my family and on that adventure in the desert and getting lost and frustrated and reacting, like we could have just stayed there. We could have just stayed there and say, someone rescue me. One day someone will come. I'm so upset. I'm so mad. We could have just stayed in our motions and gone, I don't feel like it and given up. But we had to choose. We had to go, nope, we can't do that. That's not an option. And so we had to choose to go back to where we started, to go back to the beginning, to where we started and make a new plan. And in this season of dryness, it's so important that we refresh and update our rhythm to go, okay, things may not be working like they used to. So I'm just going to go simply back to the basics. I'm going to lean into the basics. And in this passage, it gives like three basics that are so simple yet so good that we can be obedient to. And it says, remember where you've fallen. In verse, in verse five, it says, remember where you've fallen. Meaning, remember where you were with God. Remember his promises, his goodness, his love, his truth. If anything in this season, if all you can do, just remember. Remember him, remember his love, remember his promises. And then it says, right after that, it says, repent. And when I look at this, I really feel like it's like, remember me and don't run away. Don't give up. Don't abandon. And this repentance saying, actively choose to not abandon your first love. Actively choose to come to me, to go to me, to be with me, to remember me and choose this new path. Because everything in you, in your flesh, wants to take a step back, wants to take a step and go, I'm not going to engage. And in that, you're slowly abandoning your first love. So repent, choose a different path, actively do that. And it's going to be hard. And the last thing it says in verse five is do the works you did at first. And I want you to think when you first started following Jesus, whether that was today or 50 years ago or more, what did you do? You sought to know him. You sought to get to know him. Before you got caught up in everything else in the church, you just wanted to know who he was, what he said about you. And you just sat down and you got to know him like a friend. And you got to be just with him. And so do that. Remember, repent, go back to just knowing him. You don't need the exciting feeling. You can just understand what he's saying about you, about our world, and just get to know him. And here's how I'd sum these three, three things up. I would say in spiritual dryness, 
actively choose to know and remind yourself of God's truth, love, and promises. Simply just actively choose that. You're not going to want to. That's why it's, you have to actively choose that. And for me, I think Jeff had me do this sermon because I have been in so many seasons of dryness. I have been in so many times and I am not ashamed of it. I have seen it over the years as a refining process in my life. And my love for God has grown deeper because I don't need the experiences because I just want to love him first. And so in those seasons though, this is what I've done. I have literally written down and remembered. Sometimes that's all I could do is just remember. Sometimes it was hard to pick up the Bible and all I could do was just remember. So I could take teeny tiny steps in dryness. And I remembered one promise. It's the promise that I always come to whenever I'm struggling in seasons of dryness. And it was God's promise of, I will never leave you. I will never leave you because when I don't feel it, when I don't see it, I don't know if he's there. That's what desolation is. That's what dryness is, is we sense maybe God's not here, but his promise that I lean into is going, man, no, he promised he would never leave me. So his presence is always there. And I have in seasons of dryness, I have written this on whiteboards. I've written this in journals. I have written this it, right now. Actually, it's on a card on the side of my bed. And it says, I will never leave you. And I look at that constantly every single morning because just because I don't feel like it doesn't mean I want to abandon Jesus. Just because I'm not feeling it right now, because I don't know if I'm sensing God's presence, I'm not going to abandon him, his promises, his truth, because he is the one that is faithful in my life. And as I was thinking of this idea of being faithful, of um, especially in seasons that are hard, I thought of Hebrews 11. And I want to encourage you today, if you have a chance to read through Hebrews, Hebrews 11, and if you've been joining along in a a read, our church's reading plan, or you've been reading the Old Testament at all, or maybe you'll start. Hebrews 11 is like this summary of all these people of faith that when they didn't see what God was doing, when they didn't understand, when they were in hard and desolate moments, they trusted that God was good and he was who he says he was. Then they were not going to abandon that. And I love because Hebrews 11:1 1 says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. And I want to add to that and what we do not feel. That is what our faith is. That is what we are leaning into, whether we are in excited seasons where it's so much easier to do that or in dry seasons when we just don't feel like it. We are going to do what our ancestors did with everyone in the Old Testament, New Testament, from Abraham to Moses to Rahab. We are going to trust God and his goodness. We are going to remember, we are going to repent. We're going to do the works we did at first because just like our ancestors, we do not want to abandon our first love, which was Jesus. We do not want to abandon that. So when I think when we go back to the basics, it is an act of faith. It is an act of faith in times of spiritual dryness because by faith, we trust that when we do not see or feel in seasons of dryness, we know we are being drawn closer to our first love of Jesus. We know this is an act of faith going back to the basics because by faith, we do not abandon Jesus because we know that he is the one that is always faithful and always with us. And by faith, we go back to the basics knowing that dryness isn't forever. This is temporary. 
this is not forever. And one day we will be excitedly singing of God's praises again. And I say excitedly because it is a practice to sing God's praises when we don't feel like it. It is obedience, it is faith, and it is hard. I'm not going to say it is easy, it is hard, but it is so good because we will then lean in to God rather than lean away and begin to start to abandon Him. And so we are, are always going to be flowing through seasons of consolation and desolation. We are always going to have the passionate experiences, the dry experiences, but it's important for us to refresh how we are going to react to those seasons, how we are going to change our perspective on it, to see God working in it, to see what we can actively choose in it so that we do not abandon our love for Jesus for even one season. And so today, I'm just going to wrap this up with, I want us to worship right now. And we're going to worship and proclaim the truth of who God is and that God is working no matter what. And if you are in a season of dryness right now, because COVID has taken away so many experiences in your life, then I want you to try right now to sing this song out of faith to go. This is not forever. This is not going to happen always I will sing excitedly again. And so I'm going to proclaim your truths. I'm going to know that you are good. And I'm going to lean into that because I do not want to abandon you, Jesus, in this season. Even if I can't sense you, I trust that you are always with us. So will you practice that this morning? Will you try that this morning? And if you are in a season of consolation, of passion, then I want you to sing louder in praise of praying that over your brothers and sisters that might be struggling right now, to know that they are not alone, that you are with them and alongside them. So let us worship right now, just trying even for a little bit to proclaim God's goodness. <laughs> 